0: Welcome to Forward Progress Best Bets Wednesday edition right here on the Forward Progress YouTube channel. I am Rob Pizzola, and I will momentarily be joined by our crew of bettors. I do want to remind you to check out Pinnacle Sportsbook, proud sponsor here on Forward Progress. If you're in Ontario, you will notice over the course of the show today, we're going to break things down on Pinnacle. And the best prices in market are going to be available there a lot of times. So if you're in Ontario, make sure you sign up. Use code HAMMER if you're going to do that in Ontario. You must be 19 plus, not available to those in the US. I see the comments already that I'm locked in a closet. Unfortunately, in my residential neighborhood this week, someone decided that they were going to do some digging in their backyard and they hit a fiber optic cable. So there's no internet in my area. I've had to move out. I'm at my parents' place. Filming this, my father graciously letting me use his office at this point. But we're not going to reminisce on that. We're going to get into it this week. Just a reminder for those of you out there five games we're going to break down on this week's board. Not necessarily the prettiest games, but these are games that we have an opinion on. And at least we can discuss them from a betting point of view rather than just hitting on games where we don't have any strong opinions. So we're going to do that. At the end of the show, we will give a best bet from each one of us. All of the picks will be tracked via third party app. BetStamp, I highly recommend checking it out at BetStamp.app or downloading it on Android or iOS, and we're going to try to make this as forward-looking as possible. Quick review of last week. Did pretty well as a group on the leans a week ago. I think Suma swept the board on the leans. No one was below 500, which was nice. Hitman, two and one on the leans. We covered a lot on last week's show, and ultimately more check marks and Xs. Again, that's great news for anyone. Best bets? I hate to harp on it. You see Hitman with the bag on his head. He has promised that if he loses his best bet this week, he will be wearing a paper bag on his head next week. Uh, But me and Eric hit the best bet winners, I think, in pretty easy fashion. Unfortunately, Suma loses the primetime Packers because they just could not pass protect. But we're on to this week. Week five in the NFL. I bring in the gang. Top right corner, Dr. Eric Eager. Sumer Sports, not an MD. Just want to clarify that for everyone. Bottom right-hand corner, it's Suma, who might be a Zach Wilson and Robert Sala fan again now, who knows, possibly close game. And then Hitman, uh, former professional sports better. It's been a a rough time
1: for him lately. I was wondering, Rob, do I get a quarter of a win for the Saints closing minus five on my best bet? Or does it just stay zero?
0: I think that you've had the best closing line value of anyone in this group as a whole, and you're 0-4 so far. So sometimes it's a, a rough ride in these sh- sh- small sample sizes. Uh, I know Eric a few weeks ago, I think, played, what was it the Steelers against the Raiders as a best bet, if I remember correctly? Mm-hmm. Horrible closing line value there, but wire-to-wire winner. So sometimes you just take the wins and, uh, and forget about the closing line value. But we'll get into it this week, guys. Uh, I want to start with a game that I think – has this group divided but has a lot of people divided generally it's the houston texans on the road at the atlanta falcons and houston last week very impressive performance at home against the pittsburgh steelers it's now two weeks in a row very impressive performances cj stroud all the people who are watching game tape and film very impressed with what they see out of him the atlanta falcons on the other hand they lay an egg on the road in london Against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're starting to see that offense really struggle to move the ball here. Now, the current market at Pinnacle is Falcons minus one and a half, minus 125. It's really closer to a one and a half or a two. The total is 41 in this game. There's been a pretty significant adjustment on these teams, Hitman. And I'm wondering whether or not you think that that adjustment in a one week span is warranted.
1: Well, it got to the point on Monday where we were getting to where it was Atlanta was plus one in, in a few spots, which I thought was just crazy to, to be saying to this point that Houston is clearly the better team. And now we've kind of gotten to the point where we're looking at it where it, it's pretty much saying these are equal teams. But I, I still lean towards Atlanta uh, if the market's going to say that. I know the Texans' offensive line issues haven't mattered. Somehow throughout the the past two, three weeks. But are we just going to get to the point like with where what we say with running backs? Like, oh, running backs don't matter. Are we going to say offensive line doesn't matter? Or at some point, does this have to catch up with Houston? I know that they're getting Howard likely back this week, but you're still going to be out without Juice Scruggs. Laramie Tunzel, we'll see what happens. They lost another starting offensive lineman, uh, Kendrick Green, their left guard to injured reserve this week. And, you know, it's funny, the Texans have been a team that have said, Bobby Slowick has said, we want to run the ball. And Texans running backs are getting hit at or behind the line of scrimmage at an 8% higher rate than league average. Damian Pierce has the worst success rate in the NFL right now for running backs. So the offensive, at least in run blocking, it has mattered, all these injuries. And it's just how long is C.J. Stroud going to play, like, not just good for a rookie, but good for a 5 6 year veteran is it sustainable with all these injuries he, he's relying on explosive plays quite a lot the falcons defense is the fifth best in explosive play percentage allowed the defense is playing pretty good overall they're 6 in yards per play allowed they held the lions a really good lions offense in detroit to 20 points if you watched the game last week against jacksonville i didn't think that the defense was really the issue they only held they held the jags offense 16 points it was more just Ritter absolutely imploding in that first half and I think that we just have to say with Atlanta is there two things that the opposing team can do one are they playing an explosive offense to where Atlanta is going to have to throw the ball when I say explosive offense I mean one of these Chiefs Bills teams that's going to force them to abandon the run I don't think Houston's going to force them to abandon the run and another thing is the Texans a team that could just stop this run game and make Ritter have to beat you. Well, PFF rankings have Houston's run defense ranked dead last. They're 31st in tackling. So I don't think that the Houston defense is going to be able to force Atlanta to get away from the run game. So with all that said, it's a long way for me to say that at minus one and a half, I definitely lean towards Atlanta
0: in this game. All right. Eager over here. I I know that you're kind of in the same boat as Hitman. Do you have anything to add on top of that? Like there's a lot of people that are just, they just can't get over the, the look ahead line or what this line would have been a week ago and the adjustment. Now we're at a point in the season, this is going into week five, right? We have four weeks of data. And this has been a common theme, I think about the betting community is like, how quickly do you move off priors? Going into the year, the Falcons were like the love of the, The Sharps betting the season win total over at eight and a half. The Texans were this lowly team. So we have that prior to work with. But what we've seen so far this year, especially over the course of the last couple of weeks, you can make a strong argument that Houston's the better team. So overall, how do you see this and and how do we deal with priors at this point in the season?
2: Yeah, I'm much more slow to move on priors because... For one, I think that some of what some of what Houston is doing is noisy. Some of what Houston is doing is big play driven on offense uh, with Tank Dell and, and Nico Collins is fantastic last week. I echo a lot of what Hitman said, like the Falcons have given up, you know, negative 0.24 EPA per run play. Um, they're also and this I think will regress a little bit. Bottom five. Uh, both teams are in like the bottom six or seven in the NFL and sack rate. Um, which I think plays towards Desmond Ritter positively if you if you believe that's fundamental for Houston. But the Falcons actually have gotten some pressure on the quarterback. David Onyemata leads the team in pressures. Uh Calais Campbell is, you know, still still a force out there. And yet they're not getting they're not finishing. And they've played quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence, uh, who who can kind of move around. They played Jordan Love, who, you know, at least is able to avoid it somewhat, somewhat. I think that could regress against a CJ Stroud that um, you know, in college, for example, you know, had, had some troubles in the pocket. So I don't know, for me, it's a lot. I echo a lot of what Hitman said. I made the, I make the game three. Like, I, I do think that there was a little bit of value on the Falcons here. Um, and, and you know, I, I, I sort of disagree with the market move all the way down to, as, as Hitman said, a pick them to plus one.
0: So I did lead off this game saying that there was going to be some disagreement amongst this group. And I'll, th- Throw to you, Suma, because you want to make a case for the opposite side here.
3: Yes, going to play devil's advocate here. I really like the Texans, and I've basically moved off my prior on them, especially for the offense, almost completely. And I'm really liking what I'm seeing from that offense and from that offensive structure. So I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that the Texans are close to the 49ers offense, but I get some 49ers-esque Vibes when it comes to the offensive environment. I really think that they are putting out there a lot of great play designs, good answers for the quarterbacks to play within structure. And what these Shanahan disciples, so so the quarterbacks of the Shanahan disciples like Tua Tagovailoa, Brock Purdy, and Stroud now all have in common, they play very well within structure because the scheme always gives them some answers and Cedric Stroud after four weeks. Um, he's second in EPA per drop back from a clean pocket, he's third in PFF grade from a clean pocket. And this is really with a pressure rate of around 32 percentage. Now, this week, they might get what well, there's a solid chance. At least Laramie Metun- Larry Tunsil has been tweeting about it. There's a decent chance that Tunsil and Titus Howard, they're both starting tackles, will be back. But other than that, I think the Texans really showcased that they were able to scheme around that putrid offensive line, especially last week against what was supposed to be a a strong Steelers pass rush, and they they completely neutralized that unit. Uh, Falcons' defense, um, they have been much better than last year, but they ranked 26th in pass rushing grade after week four. They played the offensive lines of Carolina, Jacksonville, Green Bay without Bakhtiari and Jenkins, Detroit without Vitae and Decker. Their pressure rate on on true passing downs is slightly below average. So I really think that the Texans will have a decent shot at moving the ball here. And on the other side, I mean, Desmond Ritter, we might not see him in the second half if if things go south. Might be a a Heineke game after halftime because what I've been seeing from him, absolutely terrible. I have really downgraded Atlanta so far. The efficiency numbers that Ritter is, is putting out there are really like Zach Wilson territory of, of incompetence, um, rushing attack. Yes, they will have a much better matchup this week against the Texans. But overall, I, I'm also a little bit disappointed from them. 17th in success rate overall. So I really think that, to put it all together, I think that the quarterback play for the Texans right now and in structure of the offensive scheme is in a different ballpark than on the other side, than, than Desmond Ritter. And Overall, I just think that the Texans are, in my opinion, slightly better than the Falcons now. We have the uh, difficult travel spot coming back from London this week that might play into it, don't know. But overall, I'm, I'm really, really high on what the Texans have been showing us so far.
0: So the chat is extremely split on this game, as is our group. I don't have a strong opinion one way or another. I think if I use my priors, I come in around like Atlanta minus two and a half in this game. If I we off of them completely and use just what I've seen this year. I could make an argument that the Houston Texans should be favored in this game. What I found really interesting though, is like Patrick in the chat says Atlanta, terrible travel spot factor in as well. And then Eric in the chat basically says not enough talking about uh, how, how bad a spot this is for Houston, young team coming off a big win. Then conversely, Atlanta coming off two straight losses. I just unrelated to this game in specific, you guys find that these like situational spots ever are of value like is this something that's already priced into the market i'll start with you eric like is this something that goes into your handicapping
2: it i mean yeah you you can codify these things it doesn't it doesn't have a huge effect size for me other than things like divisional like other than stuff like divisional matchup and and travel you know distance and the that difference in ambient temperature and things like that like the effect size of any one of these individual points is is pretty small.
0: Suma, I know you're the situational guy, uh, situational Suma, as you've been coined now. Uh, anything with like the situational spots that would ever get you over in terms of making a play?
3: I think it have to be a, a very strong spot. Like I would guess, like seven, eight we uh, years ago. I thought that you would have a bigger edge when it comes to situational handicapping. A lot of the stuff, uh, especially with the circadian rhythm stuff, etc., was at some point completely pressed into the market. And nowadays, I I think that teams are a much better when it comes to to traveling. So so all these like um, crossing several time zones and stuff like that. I don't think that it really matters uh, too much. Um, so most of the stuff is probably priced in. And I I also think that the Falcons traveling home from London is uh, somehow priced in this.
0: Yeah, Hitman, I'll end this with you. I just find it interesting because, again, in the chat, like there's an argument about who's in the better situational spot here. And uh, in my opinion, it probably really doesn't even matter at this point.
1: Yeah, and just to, to follow up on the Atlanta travel, I mean, travel's not what it used to be. 10, 20 years ago with a lot of these teams. Obviously, we travel's just not as big of a deal. And I know a lot of people are talking about, well, they're playing off of London without a buy. I'm pretty sure that these teams are allowed to choose if they want that buy. And Atlanta obviously went ahead and chose. We don't want the buy, so they, they obviously don't think that it's that big of a deal. And teams in this situation, it's 5-5 it's five and five ATS, teams playing um, without the buy after London. So... I mean if it's worth something it's worth something marginal to the line in my opinion
0: all right we're i think all in agreement there i do want to remind everyone out there that we are referencing pinnacle lines over the course of this show personally i would never consider betting without pinnacle as one of my sportsbook accounts because of their everyday competitive odds bet smart bet pinnacle your trusted sportsbook for the past 25 years and use Code HAMMER, H-A-M-M-E-R, if you are signing up, as it does help support us here on the Forward Progress YouTube channel. You must be 19 plus, available in Ontario, not available to those in the U.S. And of course, as we always preach on our shows, please play responsibly. Game number two, Carolina Panthers at the Detroit Lions. Carolina at home last week. Gets a pick six off of Kirk Cousins. Still don't manage to cover the spread. The offense has been a complete slog. And that's why they are getting 10 points on the road at the Detroit Lions this week. Total of 45. Lions coming in off extra rest after beating down the Packers on Thursday night football. Eric, I'll start with you here. You wanted to take a look at one of the sides in this game. Who is it and why?
2: Yeah, I especially I mean, this number has moved out a little bit since since even we like, you know, since I handicapped it early in the week, oh, that is. There we go.
0: Um, oh, there emergency the, alerts. There we go. Yeah, and I, I had it on
2: silent. It still win anyway. Um The I, I like Detroit in this spot. Obviously, you get the extra rest. Awesome. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wow. Good thing Sumo, Good thing Sumo lives in Germany. So Rob lives Americans ruining the
0: show. I was going to say only only half of us get the emergency alerts. DEFCON one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, I think Detroit is, is is the side here. Um, yeah, you know, obviously they get the extra rest. Uh, you know, they, they it's one of those teams where you know if you think about like any situational spot, I think that the the chat could come up with the Lions have sort of overcome them in the past with Dan Campbell. Like I think even back to uh, week eighteen last year when they were I think what four and a half point underdogs in Green Bay. Seattle lose it or sorry wins that game against Los Angeles that moves out to six and a half because of you know everybody talking about there wouldn't be any motivation and you know the Lions you know sort of met met the task there um the Panthers are you know decent defensively they gave Kirk Cousins some some problems last week but on offense they simply can't move the football and uh this is a much better Detroit Lions defense than it was a Minnesota Vikings defense last week and so i see i see it being a situation where I, I don't know if carolina is viable and so if i'm going to get a number um you know like this i'll probably I, i'm going to take detroit more often than not
0: suma i think you agree with eric on this one
3: yes i agree i'm still holding out a little bit on and uh and brown i think he will play but uh campbell was non-committal on him for whatever reason but he was running routes uh like at the side in practice yesterday, so I think he should be fine. Brian Branch was really good so far, and shout out to to the Sumer Sports Show with Seth and Chad. Um, they they really explain very well what Brian Branch is doing, and he's such a good run defender out of the nickel spot that the the Lions can can defend the run much better out of two high looks because Brian Branch is such a force in the box and, and really uh, triggering triggering quickly against the run. He was also very good at uh, covering some routes early on, so he, he might al- already matter at this point. Um, don't know if he's going to play. Some reports said he was a high ankle, but he, but he came back into the game, so don't know. Overall, I completely agree with Eric. I, I just don't see how the Panthers put up many points here, like I don't want to say too much bad stuff about Bryce Young because it will take time, and offensive line is shaky. Wide receivers uh, are are really struggling, especially when he holds the ball too long and misses uh, some of these uh, throwing windows. Uh, but this offense simply can't move the ball. I think there will be overmatch at the line of scrimmage, and on the other side, Panthers uh, defense still dealing with some injuries. Um, Lions offensive line extremely healthy i think the Lions will move the ball and um i also agree with eric anything under 10 looks looks really good to take with, a, with the Lions here yeah.
0: all right hitman i'll get to you here as well as i'm going to be in and out of video here with the dealing with the lagging internet but um panthers seem like they might be one of the most untouchable teams in the league right now it's funny we talk about atlanta houston as our first game and like the movement from the look ahead line. We've seen this one move out a little bit more as well, yet there just doesn't seem to be like an appetite for anyone to bet Carolina right now.
1: Yeah, I'm not interested in the game either way. I think that there was a proper market correction. When we were on the show last week, we were saying about how, you know, the Panthers, they're not being rated yet as bad as like the Chicago's of the world. And we were saying, you know, I think that they very well... Might be. And we got to see that the Vikings, I think, were minus three and a half at that point. They closed minus five ish, I, I want to believe. So we started to see that correction. And then the Panthers did nothing against the Vikings to make you think otherwise that they're not one of the worst teams in the league. But I, I think it's gotten to the point where Detroit's laying nine and a half, ten, that in my opinion, it's pretty fair. Um, the Lions are the third best defense in yards per play allowed on early downs. Carolina's offense is second worst, so don't see much success with Carolina running the ball in this game, and obviously they don't have the receivers that are going to get open in any type of third and long situations. One maybe mini concern with Detroit just covering margin is that they're in a spot that they haven't been in in forever with them being this big of a favorite. So how does Detroit handle that role? And they're also 7% below in, uh, pass rate over expectation. And they really don't have the most explosive pass catching core in the world. I know Jamison Williams is coming back this week, but we'll have to see. I mean, he's probably going to start off at least no better than the fourth wide receiver. So it's just when, when you're asking a team that's so run heavy uh, to, to cover this big of a margin in a spot that they're not familiar with, Maybe it's just a small concern, but long way for me to say that I have no value on this game. And I thought one thing they had on Carolina that Cleve TA brought up was Bryce Young. One, his offense has one touchdown and non garbage time <laughs> in three weeks. Like that's unbelievably bad. But I think that the market, as we said, they're, they're now starting to price this team as bad as Chicago about.
0: Yeah, I think GS brought up a great point in the chat here, uh, which was uh, Carolina's offense, less than 40% success rate against the Vikings, the LOL. Uh, I mean, it's just, if if you're not going to be able to move the ball on Minnesota, like you could excuse them for early in the year where they struggled against Atlanta and New Orleans potentially, but then you get the home game against Minnesota and your offense can't produce anything. That's probably a pretty telling sign going forward. So uh, nothing for me on this game either. If I was forced to bet it, I would bet Detroit. Uh, I just can't stomach Carolina right now. For those of you who are watching on YouTube live at the moment, we're about 25 views short of th- uh, 25 subscribers short of 3,000. So if you're not subscribed yet to Forward Progress, hit that subscribe button down below. If you do enjoy the content that we produce here on a weekly basis, just make sure that you like the video down below as it helps people find this video after the fact as well. If you're listening in podcast form, please leave us a review on your preferred podcast app. Um, We do value the feedback and it goes a long way in helping us grow here on forward progress. Game number three, the Ravens and the Steelers. Steelers dealing with some major injuries on the offensive side of the ball. Kenny Pickett's going to go through practice, but it seems like he's less likely to play this week. uh, And Mitch Trubisky would get the start if that's the case. Still without wide receiver one, Deontay Johnson. Tight end one, Pat Friermuth gets an injury last week. Uh, left tackle, Dan Moore gets injured last week as well. Baltimore, we just got um, some word that it looks like Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham returned to practice today as well. Now, this is like the classic Steelers spot. For anyone who's like the situational better or the spot better, it's like Tomlin, home underdog. I don't know how they won that game week two against the Cleveland Browns in a similar situation where they had negative yards in the fourth quarter. They find a way to win. That's going to be a big argument for the Steelers this week. But Suma, even though you've switched towards a more situational method of handicapping, you don't seem to care about this. You think that the Ravens could win this handily.
3: Yes, I don't care about Mike Tomlin as a home dog this week. Um, Kenny Pickett, they said he would practice today. I got to see it first because with a bone bruise, usually you uh, have to sit out like one or two weeks. We had it with um, Travis Kelsey most recently. Maybe it's a very mild bone bruise and he can somehow play with a brace. But right now I would probably uh, lean towards Mitch Trubisky playing. As a Ravens better. I would rather have Kenny Pickett playing on one leg. That's for sure. Because I think at this point, Mitch Trubisky just has to be some form of an of an upgrade towards Kenny Pickett. But still, they are going to play against a, a Mike McDonald coordinated defense that I'm that that's been playing really, really impressive thus far, despite all the injuries. Like Jadavian Clowney is on pace for like 80 pressures or something. Like they are really getting production out of um, people that we did not believe they would. Um, Marlon Humphrey is practicing today. Don't know if he's going to play. Um, um, Marcus Williams practiced fully last week, but they held him out. He might be back this week, but I think this comes down to, can Mitch Trubisky with that offensive line, without Deontay Johnson, without Pat Franmuth, can they move the ball on this way defense? And my answer to this would be no. And then on the other side, despite the way he's dealing with injuries. I think that Lamar Jackson is playing much better just from a, um, viewers point of view than his underlying metrics um, are, are telling us right now, even though his EPA per play number is, is pretty solid. Um, they're really, well, it looks like they are really gelling into this, um, new offensive scheme. Bateman or Beckham don't know if they will be back. They would be a, a, a nice bonus to me. Um, Pittsburgh's defense has been pretty underwhelming so far. If they don't get pressured, they, they are allowing 0.405 uh, EPA per dropback and a 58% success rate. Um I just think that Ravens will have enough firepower on offense to move the ball and on the other side I I just don't see it w- w- with the current um, status of the um, uh, Pittsburgh offense. The, these games were very close in the past, but Lamar Jackson did not play in the in the last th- three matchups, and last year in this met Canada offense, Trubisky looked really underwhelming, and that was with the, with Deontay the Johnson and Pat Frymuth. So I just don't see this as a great spot for the Steelers with their injuries on offense.
0: Hitman and Eric, I know you guys don't have a strong opinion on the game, but maybe we can turn this into a bit of a conversation uh, around this question from Patrick, which is, uh, is Mitch an upgrade on picket at this point? I know I have a strong opinion on this. You can probably guess what it is, but Hitman, I'll start with you. Like who gives the Steelers a best chance to win this week? And, or like, does it even really matter?
1: Um, if both players were healthy, I would definitely say Kenny Pickett. And a lot of that also has to do with the fact that Kenny Pickett at least has a ceiling that we can envision. Like, hey, he could be a good quarterback. Eventually he could morph into one, whereas Mitch Trubisky, pretty much we've seen throughout the years that this guy's going to be a backup throughout the his entire career probably. But, you know, if Pickett is not 100% which it does seem like he probably won't be and he's just gonna tough it out. It's probably it's probably not much of a difference in my opinion, where Pickett, I'd rather have him healthy, but it's a toss up if Pickett's not going to be 100%. We got to see last week with that Saints game, like it was apparent that like everyone here, if you, I think we all said we at least lean towards the Saints who would we have rather had a nut spot, a hobbled Derek Carr or Jameis Winston? So like sometimes it was obviously Winston. So sometimes these guys playing through these injuries, unless the difference between the starter and backup is just so big that even at 75%, we rather have the starter. Sometimes you rather have the backup. So for me, I'm not going to have much of a reaction to, to the, to, to bet this, uh, if, based off any news, whether Pickett's playing or not, it's pretty equal in my opinion for this specific week.
3: Go ahead, One Zuma. thing: uh, Kenny Pickett is wearing a bulky brace on his left knee. Here, he is moving around during some drills at practice, and some beat reporters said that his movements don't look as fluid as usual. So, yeah, and it happens. would make
1: sense. It would make sense to sit him, considering that they have the bye next week. So you would think it makes logical sense, but you never know. Pittsburgh could be desperate coming to this game. They trot him out there at less than a hundred percent. So we'll say.
0: Uh, Eric, I'll, I'll throw to you here. Connor brings up a point. M- Maserati Mitch can at least tuck it and run. I've heard that a lot this week. It's like, at least while well, he's not just going to be back there and eating sacks type of situation, uh, but also brought up in the chat as well by Kevin uh, was that last season, Mitch played the Ravens and he threw three interceptions against them. So uh, I, 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 get like the optimism for Mitch Trubisky because the Steelers offense has looked so bad at times this year, but are people forgetting that it's still Mitch Trubisky basically?
2: Yeah. I mean, Mitch Trubisky was effective at times with Chicago, um, because of his legs, because you know, frankly, Matt Nagy did a pretty good job. Um, however, you know, his offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh, it goes by the name of Danny football, 77. Uh, apparently on Twitter, and so I'm I'm a little skeptical that like that they can get much out of Trubisky and his legs that they can be uh you know that they can be creative. I, I do think like in a situation where the offensive coordinator was above replacement, um, they they you know Trubisky would be preferable here. But the problem is, I just don't think they're they're going to maximize his his opportunities. So. I, I do agree with Hitman. It's about a wash. Um, but in a bad way, I, I don't think I don't think it's a wash be, I, I think it's a wash in large part because the you know danny football seventy seven is not getting anything out of either guy.
0: Uh, I look at the total in this game personally. It's down to thirty seven and a half. I think if we get some positive uh, injury news for the Ravens in terms of returning receivers, I know what the Steelers offense can look like at times. But that's a pretty low total, I think, with what the Ravens can produce on this Steelers defense. And then forcing the Steelers into a game state where they basically have to throw and abandon those Najee Harris two and a half, uh, two yard runs basically over and over. So uh, I'm eyeing the total in this game based off of the Ravens injury report. And we'll see over the course of the week. But I imagine if they do get some players back, that one will be bet up. Game number four on the list it's the Eagles. And the Rams, the Eagles, finding ways to get the job done. For the most part, looking rather unimpressive this season. I think a lot of people have pointed that out at this point. The Rams, a lot better than a lot of people thought coming into the year. The offense looks great. Puka Nakua catches a game-winning touchdown last week in overtime to beat the Colts after they blow a 23-0 lead. You have the possibility of Cooper Cup returning this week as well, coming off of the IR. And you have the Matt Stafford. Injury that we kind of have to take into account as well. After last game, saying he's dealing with a hip injury and not fully healthy to end that final game uh, against the Indianapolis Colts. I think we do have some opinions around the board here. Hitman, I'm going to start with you because you want to take a look at the side in this game.
1: Yeah, um, I like the Rams in this game. I, it really just comes down to me the fact that I where do I power rate the Rams? I mean, Philly, I feel like I have a pretty strong market opinion on with them, but the Rams are a team that even before the year, there was a lot of debate about, you know, this roster is terrible, but they have a good quarterback, a good coach. Where do we rate them? I'm higher on the Rams than a lot of people. I have them a slightly above average team at this point for the year. They have the same YPP differential as Philly, despite playing a tougher schedule, not to say that they're obviously not better than Philly, but just to put in context with how they've been playing this year, and Stafford's balling out. He leads the league in big time throws. He's thrown for eight yards per attempt or more in three or four matchups. Philly's pass defense has struggled this year against Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, and Sam Howell. They let Mac Jones have his best game of the entire season in Week One. Their pass defense is the fifth worst in the league in explosive p- play rate. The Rams' offense is top ten in that metric. Sean McVay, he's done a great uh, – people want to say what they have to say about him with all uh, his game management sometimes, but he's done a tremendous job coaching this team this year, and I love that they've used so much of that cheat motion with Tutu Atwell this year that we see Miami running a lot with Tyreek Hill. Now, obviously, it's like the bootleg version of that offense, but it's really helped them this year, and they've even without Cooper Cup he's done a great job scheming guys open and we get the possibility that we do get cut back and this Rams defense I know going into the year like everyone on this panel thought that this was probably going to be a bottom three defense but they've exceeded expectations this year They're top 10 in success rate and one thing that the Rams do have going for them is that they played a very similar offense last week in the Indianapolis Colts now It's the bootleg version of this Eagles offense. But Anthony Richardson with Shane Steichen, at least they did get a look against some similar concepts to what the Eagles run this past week. So I made this game closer to like 3.25 just because I am higher on the Rams than
0: market. So Hitman is taking a look at the side in this game. And Suma, you had a look at the total in this one.
3: Yes, I... It has moved a lot throughout the week, but I still lean towards the over at uh, 50 and a half. I think this is a great matchup for both offenses. Um, Interesting discussion about priors and moving off of priors. So uh, Eagles have not played to the level that we saw last season, but we still know that it's the same personnel. They maybe got to adjust to the new or seek somehow. Um, Jalen Hurts has struggled a little bit. Maybe all that will be fine long-term. I believe that it will be fine long-term and that the early season struggles might be some, some form of an outlier kind of. And yeah, um, the Eagles' defense, going into the year, we know that their biggest weakness is over the middle of the field, so safeties and linebacker. Their defensive line, um, with the emergence of Jalen Carter, has been better than expected especially against the run but on passes over the middle of the field they're really susceptible they give up 0.51 epa per play 9.5 yards per attempt and a 55 success rate over the middle of the field they are better at defending left and right it's still a small sample size only four weeks but it, it basically fits um uh, with the personnel that's that's on the field and the rams are very good at throwing over the middle of the field of 0.41 EPA per play, 8.7 yards per attempt and a 55% success rate. So I think that this matchup sets up very well um, for the Rams to have offensive success. They got to move the pocket a, a little bit to not invite too much of the Eagles pass rush. Cooper cup might be back. I would expect him if he's back on the, to be on some kind of a snap count. They I think I've I've seen a report today saying that they, they want to test whether he can get full full speed on these kind of overalls So we will see if he plays. If he plays, that would bode a little bit better for the over, in my opinion, obviously. Um and then on the other side, I'm yes, yes, the, the Rams defense has performed better than expected, but I'm still not really sold out. And with this Eagles um, offensive line that can really neutralize anything around Aaron Donald and can really focus on uh, putting double teams on Aaron Donald. I think they, they should really give her some opportunities to throw down the field. Edge Brown and Devontae Smith against these young uh, slash rookie cornerbacks. I like the, I like the matchup for both offenses. Sidewise, I would probably slightly lean towards the um, Rams here. I make it around three, three, uh, 3.5, 4ish in that range, so small lean towards the Rams, but I, I prefer, I would prefer the over.
0: Looks like the chat is very split on this game, as has been the case. I think for most of the games that we've covered, some uh, people who've already taken the Rams, some people who like the Eagles. Eric, I, I want to throw this question to you here because I think it's a good one. Did anyone expect Philly's EPA per play on D to be ranked 19th so far? What's the issue with the Philly D so far?
2: I think, I think last season. I mean, we, we joked about this a number of times on this network, like the best team that they probably beat all year at full strength was Detroit in week one. Like, you know, corner play is incredibly streaky with Bradbury, you know, and, and Slay, you know, having somewhat careerish years last year at times. Um, linebacker core like Nicholas Morrow right now is like doing everything for that team as far as rushing the passer and stuff. He was an August edition. Um, You know, so you you add in the fact that they have a different defensive coordinator now uh, with Jonathan Gannon now going to Arizona and actually being pretty impressive as Arizona's head coach, uh, as it would, as it were. So I think that there were a lot of like downward pressures here. They faced good offenses in Minnesota. Um, You know, even Tampa Bay, I think, you know, moved Tampa Bay didn't move the ball much on them, but like, you know, Minnesota, for example, did what they needed to do. They have a wide receiver in Minnesota. That's a lot like Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua has been. You know, Jefferson's better than those two guys, but in terms of reliability, in terms of uh, moving the sticks, like, you know, I think that the Rams have somebody who can take advantage of the Eagles. But to me, there was just a lot of regressive factors in the Eagles defense last year. And then you put on that the defensive coordinator, who's generally the most important person on a defense, uh, moved on. And I think a lot of people, you know, for both sides of the football, for the Eagles, were not factoring that in. Uh,
0: We got a comment here in the chat. Uh, before we move on to our next game. Penny off the board now on Baltimore-Pittsburgh game. So just for those who are watching that are not in tune with the chat and what's going on here, uh, Kenny Pickett has said that he will play on Sunday. I don't think that this is going to have a material move on the line, but typically speaking, we do see books take it down shortly before re-popping uh, it or reposting posting it, I should say. Um, so Suma said he hoped for Kenny Pickett, an injured or hobbled Kenny Pickett. I think he's gonna get uh what he hoped for now with Kenny Pickett saying that uh he'll be ready to go by Sunday.
3: Although we'll take it
0: not official. I mean a player saying they're gonna be ready to go as in the past has not made them like a guarantee to start in any case. But um yeah, that's that's the case for this week's game right now. Uh we're gonna end off with Sunday night football this week which is an absolute banger of a game. And I don't say that as a Dallas Cowboys fan. I just say that as someone who enjoys football and seeing good teams play one another in prime time. It's the Dallas Cowboys going on the road to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously the blemish on Dallas's record this season is that loss to Arizona a couple of weeks ago, whereas the 49ers have looked pretty good and won people a lot of money in the process so far this season. Uh, spread right now at Pinnacle is Cowboys. Uh, getting three and a half um, minus one 110 49ers minus three and a half minus one Oh two total has gone down a little bit over the course of the week. Now sitting at 44 and a half, Eric, I'll start with you here. Um, are we expecting a close game on, on Sunday night football or is like this a 49ers team that's for real and is going to just run away
2: with games. I think this 49ers team is for real. I just think that Dallas is similarly for real. Like if you look at the defensive statistics, um you know dallas for example is more than twice the sack rate that that san francisco has epa per play is also up or, sorry is you know their second for where san francisco is in the top 10 but not nearly as impressive um so to me i look at san francisco and i think okay their normal calling card is defense and and their offense is sort of living off of unsustainable things brock purdy for example you know leading the nfl in epa per play uh the run game of christian mccaffrey uh, is it's efficient, but it's more explosive right now than it is efficient. I'm gonna bank on efficiency that being the thing that wins out over time. Um, Dallas has been, you know, very good at creating turnovers, but also very good at simply stopping other teams, except for Arizona. But then you look at Arizona actually moved the football, you know, pretty well against San Francisco last week, all things considered. So I, I just think that this game is more evenly matched than the, the point spread. Um, I think when you looked at look ahead lines, it was much closer to you know, kind of a not a, not necessarily a pick 'em, but, but but underneath three for for quite a bit of time. So when it reopened at four, it just seemed like a, a bit much uh, to me. Where I make the game more of a two and a half three uh, than I than I would a three and a half four.
0: Hitman, uh, do you want to piggyback on this one with the Cowboys? I lean towards
1: Dallas in this game. You know, coming into the year, I was really high on Dallas. I had these teams pretty equal coming into the year. And what's happened since that point? Well, we've had San Francisco kick the crap out of four teams. We've had Dallas kick the crap out of three teams and then have their one – Screw up against Arizona. And obviously, you lost Trayvon Diggs. You lost some offensive linemen for that Arizona game. But now it does seem like Zach Martin and Tyron Smith are going to be back for this game. Um, and w- one thing I have to say about Brock Purdy is listen, he's scored, th- his offense has scored 30 plus points in every start of his career except one. It was against Dallas in that playoff game, 19 to 12. And they, Dallas had quite a few dropped interceptions in that game, if I remember correctly, as well. And the one thing I have to say with Purdy is he has struggled versus pressure throughout his career, but he's just always in constant positive game states and never really under pressure because of how good the San Francisco offense is. And if you look at the opposing schedule of defenses that he's faced in his career, where he has had these 30-point games, this year was Pittsburgh, whose defense has taken a step back this year, the Rams, the Giants, the Cardinals, Last year, it was the Dolphins, the Bucks, Seahawks, Washington, uh, Las Vegas, and the Cardinals again. It's not really – he hasn't really been tested by many good defenses other than Dallas in that playoff game where there was some struggles. So, I mean, do I think that he's a solid NFL quarterback in a great situation? Yes, I do, but I'm just not completely sold yet that he's playing at the level, as Eric said, first in EPA per play amongst all quarterbacks this year so i i think that there is a little bit of an unknown factor on how he's going to play in a really tough matchup against a really tough pass rush so uh,
0: i lean towards dallas in this one suma do you have any opinion on the side in this one
3: no strong opinion i echo a lot of what these guys have been saying um Yes, I'm really excited to see Brock Purdy against a very good defense. Should be very exciting. I'm a little bit concerned from a Cowboys point of view. And uh, someone in the comments mentioned this. I think that the Niners can play like a a lot of plays that Arizona did against them, where they can can use Debo and Christian McCaffrey in in really different um, areas and on, on a lot of speed motion and stuff like that and that might be efficient against that cowboys run defense um but i'm also very high on the Cowboys in general i think at at three and a half if if i had to make a bet it it would be dallas Um, but i'm really really excited for this game should be a great one
0: someone in the chat uh scott said pizza man just waiting for this total to bottom out i haven't really decided what i want to do here yet because i do have leans to dallas and the over uh, one thing that really stands out to me, and probably anyone who's watched Cowboys games this year, has been the struggles in the red zone. And if you look at Dallas this year in terms of converting touchdowns in the red zone, they're at 36% through the first four games of the year. 30th in the league out of 32 teams. If you go back to last year, they were number one in the red zone and so in terms of converting touchdowns, uh, in red zone possessions to touchdowns. Now, stuff has changed in the offseason. It's no more Kellen Moore. It's Mike McCarthy calling plays technically don't have Zeke Elliott, but like, are we going to believe that the Cowboys red zone offense is basically going to go from best in the league to worst and not balance out at some point. I don't personally believe that. So I think there's going to be some regression, positive regression uh, at some point with that as well. So red zone variance has killed them. And like, despite the fact that they've been terrible in the red zone, they've won three games by 20 or more points. They have a margins of victory of 40, 35, and 20. I think it's a very good team that is going to score a lot of points. Uh, One other thing I'll add to this matchup, and we saw Arizona be able to move the ball on San Fran on the ground last week. That's been an issue for the 49ers all year so far. 49ers' success rate stopping the run is fourth worst in the league. And some people will say, oh, yeah, strip out garbage time. I have, and they're sixth worst in the league if you strip out garbage time they've not been able to stop the run consistently yet this year. I actually think that we think back to these matchups and we low scoring games, playoff game last year in 19-12 going to be another like defensive slog. I'm not I'm not convinced it will be. I actually think that these are two really good offenses facing I don't want to say bad they're not bad defenses, <coughs> but overrated defenses is what I would say. Um I'm expecting points. I'm hoping for a 44. If I get it, I will almost certainly, um, I will almost certainly, uh, be pulling the trigger on the over in this game, despite all the market action on the under, uh, before we get into our best bets here across the board, I want to remind everyone, if you do enjoy the content that we do here on forward progress, make sure you smash that like button down below, but also we're falling behind on subscriptions relative to hit the books. And I have. To listen to Joey Kanish, message me after every show. Send me a Telegram message. Hey, Rob, what's the subscriber count for Forward Progress compared to Hit the Books? Do us a favor. If you're not subscribed here, I cannot live with this any longer. I cannot live with it. Hit that subscribe button, smash that like button. One would say hammer that like button in the theme of the network as well. Uh, Appreciate everyone that joins us for the chat live here on this show. Uh, And if you're watching this after the fact as well, uh, you can also like and subscribe. All right, let's get right into it. We're going to best bets for the week. Who won last week? Eric won in a very, very convincing fashion. So let's start with Dr. Eager's best bet for the week.
2: For sure. I'm taking Dallas plus three and a half, minus 110 on pinnacle. Uh, I'll take it out to minus 120. I make the game closer to two and a half, three. Um, I, look, when I when I look at this Dallas team, uh, I think they have a lot of the strengths and the weaknesses of the 49ers, but the one thing that they do have that I think is underrated here is the consistency and, you know, the, the long-term, you know, viability of a quarterback and Dak Prescott uh, to Hitman's point earlier, you know, we've only seen Brock Purdy really do, a, uh, you know, a, a fantastic job against some mediocre defenses over the stretch of last season as well as the early part of this year. I think things regress a little bit for Purdy. I also think that Dallas can get home on him a little bit. I think they stopped the run sufficiently with McCaffrey as well, uh, and, and they do a good enough job of covering the Kittles and the Iukes and the Samuels. So I think Dallas matches up much better than the market does here uh, with the San Francisco 49ers.
0: All right, Hitman, we'll go to you. I know you've promised to wear a bag on your head for next week's episode if you don't convert. So there's a lot of pressure on this one pick. And maybe this is what the turnaround will be to turn you back into a pro sports better instead of a former pro sports better. What's going to be the play this week to get the Hitman back on track?
1: said it last week, the leans are doing
0: well. So what the touts do whenever the leans
1: are doing good, we talk about it when they're not doing good, we don't mention it. So got that going for us at least. But uh, my best bet is going to be the Rams plus four, plus four and a half, good to three and a half. Um, There's an outside chance we get Cooper Cup back. The Rams are an above average team. To me, Stafford's balling out. He leads the league in big time throws this year. It's thrown for over eight yards per attempt in three or four matchups. The the Rams' defense has been playing a lot better than market expectation coming into the year, top 10 in success rate. They're now playing a familiar opponent in the Eagles' offense, which is similar to the Colts' offense scheme-wise that they played last year. Philly's pass defense has been susceptible to good quarterbacks, allowing explosive plays, even going back to last year, Whenever they faced a really explosive, good offense, they gave up a lot of points. Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, Dak Prescott in that December game in in the regular season. Last year, Kirk Cousins, this game was able to, or this season was able to throw all over them. I think that the Rams offense is going to be able to have a lot of success in this game. And I made the line closer to 3.25. So give me the Rams in this one.
0: All right, Hitman going with the Rams to get them back on track suma you went with green bay last week uh which ended up being quite a stinker and it's caused kazone in the chat to tell you to go back to to german soccer stick to german soccer (laughs) so you need to recover here this week you need to get back on track who's the best bet and why
3: uh i hope that the Stroud army will get me back on track going with uh, texans plus one and a half on pinnacle uh, right now i'm Really, really optimistic about this Texans team. I think when it comes to these both teams, we have to convert more to in-season data and more off of, off of our priors. Um, Texans are really doing a lot of great stuff. I think that the quarterback play and the and the way the offense is working right now is, is in a different ballpark than Atlanta. I have some concerns about the Texans defense, but the way that Desmond Ritter is playing, I'm not sure that... He will solve all, all these problems. He's really been playing on Zach Wilson uh, territory, and um, solid chance that Larry Metcounsel and Titus Howard will be back this this week. Uh, that would give the te- Texans' uh, O line a boost. And Cedric star already has been balling out within structure from clean pocket. Like I said, 30 PFF grades, second EPA per dropback from clean platforms. Yes, uh, going with the better offense here.
0: Okay, that's three sides. And I'm going to wrap it up here with the Thursday night football game. Uh, Try to make this watchable for everyone. It's the commanders and the bears on Thursday night football. And I'm going to go with the total in this one Uh, over 44 key number at minus 110. This is good up to 45. And I mean, honestly, the handicap is very simple for me. We watched these teams play in primetime last year. It was a horrible, horrible game. I believe the final score was 12 to seven and not really indicative of the way that that game played out, especially on the Bears' offensive side of the ball, where they had several trips into the red zone in that game. They threw an interception in the end zone. Uh, There was a stop on fourth and one. I believe two stops on fourth and one. But the Bears, in my opinion, are just a big-time over team right now. Injuries in the secondary, even with a healthy secondary, the Bears are horrible defensively because they don't generate pressure. I do think Washington is going to move the ball. On the other side of things, Chicago, Justin Fields much more active in the offense in terms of rushing the ball. I think that works in their favor quite a bit when he's able to be a dual threat quarterback and not just a pocket passer. We saw that last week against the Broncos. The commander's defense is fine, but it's not anything to write home about. They can be exposed as well. Uh, 44 is just a little bit too low in this one for me. I have this closer to 46, 46 and a half. So Thursday night football, commanders and bears over the total. Join me for the live watch along of that game over on the hammer HQ on Thursday night. A lot of people that are in the chat here today do join me for the watch alongs on Monday and Thursday night football. So check that out on the hammer HQ (laughs) guys. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a good week. I'm feeling a good week. And if it's not, I'll start next week's show and we'll tout the leans that we've had so far this year in, uh, or we might just switch to picking money line favorites next week or something like that. But I'm feeling a good week. Uh for myself, Rob Pizzola, Dr. Eric Eager, Sumer Sports. Make sure you check out Sumer Sports whenever you can. Situational Summa, live from Dusseldorf, and Hitman. Gonna get his week, get, get his win this week, or else bag on the head next week. Producer Jason Cooper behind the scenes. Appreciate everyone who tuned in. This has been Ford Progress, Best Bets Edition, powered by Pinnacle Sportsbook right here on the Hammer Betting Network. This crew will see you again next week on Wednesday. Tune in tomorrow as well as Eric's on for a Thursday night football preview. Peace out, everyone. Good luck with your bets this week.